Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll myself up. <laughs> Thank you, and uh, I think I got a time limit, but not my person gave you yours. Back to you, sir, my work. <laughs> uh, well, good afternoon, and uh, 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 my story is about Alabama and confluence, like tributaries flowing together to make a, a torrent uh, for justice. And I'll start like this. Birmingham, where I'm from, um, was a post, is a post-Civil War city. It wasn't even started until 1871. Even Native Americans in Alabama did not live permanently in the valley where Birmingham was located. But they visited often because it was a place where over uh, eons, Native Americans conduct, came there for regular re, re, spiritual uh, celebrations. And some anthropologists agree and disagree. It's like they say it's partly because of the magical nature of, the, of that valley. And since this was it's where iron is, heavy things of iron, and a lot of stones are magnetized. And that's how anthropologists, they Americans don't tell that story, anthropologists tell that story. But anyway, it was holy ground uh, for the uh, indigenous population who lived all around it, but never in the permanent settlements in the valley where different nations would come and do uh, ceremonies. Anyway, uh, it was only started by Anglos. <laughs> And after the Civil War, because the three ingredients for making steel were there, and they're coal, limestone, and um, and iron, and uh, and then Birmingham was called the Magic City by 1902, and that was because it was the fastest growing city in the United States of America. It became one of the, if not the biggest city in the old Deep South, way bigger than Atlanta, bigger than New Orleans, because these immigrants came there to mine the coal, make the iron and steel, and of course the merchants and all the other uh, economic interests followed them. Uh, and it was Russians, it was Greeks, it was Italians, it was European Jews, it was uh, Lebanese, uh, landless poor whites, and former slaves all came to this magic city to make their, uh, to make their fortune or make their fortune of those who came there to make their fortune. Uh, but early on in that, in, in that city, what could have been a magic city became its opposite because J.P. Morgan, the uh, financier behind U.S. Steel, uh, decided to manage the diversity through the financial support of segregation and racism, uh, even going so far as to allow Klan rallies behind the locked gates of U.S. Steel to occur. And you could only do that with the cooperation of their intense security which they kept all the time to break strikes and enforce their laws and stuff. That's Birmingham schizophrenia, and you know about <laughs> the 60s uh, already. In 2010, after 136 years of Democratic Party rule, the uh, most of the time on the Dixocrats, so don't get, uh, don't get, <laughs> don't get delayed. <laughs> uh, uh, Alabama's legislation was taken over by the uh, Tea Party. Uh, ultra right wing, uh, anti government, 
basically anti-human, uh, fascist, and Christian drag. <laughs> um, they, um, I'm getting that down. Okay. Now, they profess, they profess, but they do not do. Uh, and uh, they, um, and, and, and they took, uh, took office in, uh, in January 2011. That first session they had, among other things, they passed anti-teacher union bills. They passed other anti-education bills. But what really stuck deepest and hurt deepest was two bills. One was HB 56, uh, Arizona bill on steroids, uh, the most draconian anti-immigrant bill yet to be, at that time, to be uh, passed by a state legislature that has as its goal self-deportation. As one leg said, what we want to do is make them deport themselves, right? One leg, another leg said, we want to do everything short of shooting them, quote, unquote. Um, speaking of immigrants, the other bill they passed was the photo ID bill, voter ID bill, which <coughs> was not to take place <coughs> though in the 2014. Those two bills spurred a reaction among Alabama's uh, uh, traditional civil rights community, so much so that that was in the spring of 2011, uh, that by the uh, fall of 2011, they organized a coalition, loose coalition called the SOS Coalition, Save Ourselves Coalition, because as one of the organizers said, ain't nobody going to save us but us. <laughs> At that coalition were blacks, whites, and, and members of ACIJ were invited. So from the very beginning, it was black, brown, and white planning for yet the next uh, commemorative march from Selma to Montgomery. Uh, and in doing that, it was to be the first one that wasn't a celebration. It was a march on its own rights. Voting rights had been hurt uh, for real in terms of the photo ID uh, law. And a new anti-immigrant thrust had kind of thrown people together. I think it was the Selma March and the preparations for it that invited the, uh, uh, the uh, Latino orga immigrant organizers into the room for the first time as to be co-planners of the, of the uh, great uh, uh, march. We said, this is not a uh, commemoration, this is a recommitment. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was a high number of, of national labor figures came, particularly SCIU, and I remember in talking about issues of black-brown tension and dialogue, and dialogue, which can go along at the same time, uh, one of the, uh, the current woman who's a leader in SEIU, I know her name if I can remember it, said this, we should not argue about the language of our slave masters. <laughs> and I thought that was appropriately accurate for the, for the moment um, and such. Uh, interruption in there before we got to Selma about these relationships was this was even was this before Selma? Yeah, it was after Selma. So Selma launched the beginning of on the ground organizing relationships. <coughs> uh, Ingrid would tell you more, but before even Selma, as a response to HB 56, there were areas around the state where there was dynamic relationships uh, going on between black community and white community that were indigenous, creative, um, didn't come out of any, any particular tradition, but our traditions of people shared. 
my favorite one that I wasn't able to attend was, how do you get to know your neighbor between black families and brown families in North Alabama near, where Huntsville is? Well, they did a typical Southern thing or maybe a typical global South thing. They had a potluck dinner <laughs> where every family brought their favorite dishes. And over this what greens and tamales, <laughs> uh, people had conversations, children talked to each other and played because they were in school with one another uh, and built some relationships that last today, even politically. Another act of solidarity that helped cement the relationship and foment some action was the sit-ins that uh, uh, we did that were black, white, and brown, uh, that they were considering a follow-up bill to HB 56 called HB 658, which was a follow-up bill trying to clean up HB 56 and make it more legally tenable, but just as bad. And so we had some civil, non-violent civil business trainings, and eight of us, black, white, and brown, laid our bodies down in front of the Senate chamber, blocking access to the U.S., to the U.S., to the Alabama Senate, so they could not uh, work that day. They didn't do it that day because they take, they take us to jail. And my favorite thing about the, the jail was we were treated like heroes by the jail staff. <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you for doing what you're doing. Not the police, but the jail staff. Mm. Uh, and uh, when we went to trial, uh, the, uh, the local judge, uh, we all... Um, we all pled guilty. One pled innocent because she had to go to graduate school. <laughs> but the rest of us, <laughs> the rest of us pled guilty uh, for the obvious reasons. And, uh, and the judge dismissed the charges uh, against all of us. And the prosecution said, but your honor, they broke the law. And the judge said, and this black judge in Montgomery says, Rosa Parks broke the law, case dismissed. <laughs> So when the judges get it, <laughs> uh, you know, and we didn't think of that. <laughs> in jail, in Montgomery, what, what reference will you use? We didn't think of that. <laughs> but he did. <laughs> and thanks. So I would just uh, uh, close by saying that um, it was a, it's extremely important that um, uh, the Selma, changing the character of the Selma march, what it actually meant was that was the most diversified march we ever had, one of the largest we ever had. I think the absolute largest was around the, uh, must have been around the, not the 50th anniversary, it was bigger than that one, but maybe the 40th anniversary. For some reason, something was going on about recommitting to the uh, oh, 20th anniversary, 85. Mm -hmm. That was, it had to be renewed again. <laughs> so that's what it was. And that was the biggest one. This was the second biggest march, and I would say at least, 20% uh, of the, the tens of thousands were Latino. It was so large, in fact, among my less progressive African-American cousins, they were protesting the presence of so many Latinos. <laughs> uh, particularly, they, 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 they were concerned with all the young children, elementary school, elementary kids, Latinos, who are marching up front uh, and things. So that's, those are my backwards relatives. <laughs> but, but all in all, it was a massive thing, and it really sold together the relationship that exists today. Uh, SOS still survives uh, as a coalition, um, and they still have an immigration justice, and this is an old-style voting rights coalition in Alabama, uh, but immigration justice is a top-tier issue 
not a secondary issue, along with voting rights. And I just shut up by saying this, is that George Wallace said that in committing to a state that was uh, uh, solidly segregationist, uh, he said segregation now, segregation today, segregation now, segregation forever, or something like that. And, but the Alabama legislature in all, and its current governor, by really uh, 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 co-launching the attack on voting rights and the attack on immigrant justice is saying voter suppression today, voter suppression tomorrow. Let's shut down current uh, vote, voters of color today and let's lock away voters of color tomorrow. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, I think you've got some photos you wanted. Yeah. yeah.